Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. unpack the messy world of dog food and dog diets. So think raw, vegan, vegetarian, kibble. We are going to cover it all today. So let's go. Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. So today we are discussing doggy diets. So there are so many options for feeding our dogs today. It's actually a touch overwhelming. So we want to try to unpack some of the options, what the research kind of tells us about each one. So we're going to talk a little bit about raw diets, vegan and vegetarian, all the kind of different forms your food can come in. So canned, dehydrated, freeze-dried, freeze-dried raw, kibble, toppers, treats, and more. But before we dive into today's episode, I do want to start off the episode with a disclaimer that we are not nutrition or diet experts. We are not veterinarians. Y'all know this. We are just unpacking the world of dog diets, the world of dog food, and sharing some information we found through reputable online sources. Um, Always consult your veterinarian or another trusted dog professional if you're going to change your dog's diet. We are not giving you nutrition advice. No, no, (laughs) big bold letters, but we have fun talking about it. (laughs) So, um, all right. So have you ever imagined that there was so much to learn in the world of dog food? Because it is incredible. The it's it's like you you un you it's like a rabbit hole. You start as some like something, and then you're like diving in deep. Anyway, so there are so many different types of proteins, different levels of quality. Um, so let's start by talking uh, about our good old standard dog food. So what we all think of is a big old bag of kibble. Kibble. So, what are the benefits of kibble? It's easy. It's convenient. Um, it's actually pretty good for their teeth. That like uh, the abrasion of the chewing can be good for like getting all the things moving up in the gum line. Um, shelf life obviously is a huge advantage to kibble. You don't have to worry about it spoiling. But what are some considerations or things we might want to think about if kibble is the route we're going, Ken's? Um, well, the ingredients, um, just like our human food, um, we should be looking at the ingredients and saying to ourselves, does this make sense? <laughs> Are the first four or five or six ingredients something I can pronounce? Um, if they're not, maybe that is a bit of a red flag. Um, Something that I never considered was the temperature the food is cooked at. So lower temperatures preserve nutrients better. 
Yep, that's a huge thing. And I feel like that's one direction that a lot of higher quality kibble brands have been moving towards and really advertising is what temperature they cook their food at and how they maintain that high nutritional value, even in a cooked kibble food. Um, And that leads me to say that brand really does matter. Quality matters. Um, there, There is the most garbage kibble, the most garbage. And then you have this big spectrum all the way to super, super high quality, probably more expensive kibble that has all the nutrients your dogs need. There's lots of super healthy kibbles out there, but there's also lots of super bad kibbles. So know what you're feeding your dog. Look up lots of stuff online. Read about it. Look at their ingredients. Um, Because kibble is not necessarily – it's not bad. There's just a very wide range of quality. Um, Do you want to name off a few brands that you like? I know you enjoy Open Farm, and that's what both your um, Marshall and your cat, Gerald, eat. Yes, I'm a big fan of Open Farm for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, Their ingredients being a big part of that, including how they source their ingredients. They definitely take a sustainability approach. They have a recycling program for their packaging, so I really like that. There's a lot of factors of why I chose chose Open Farm. From a high-quality perspective, some others that if I didn't go with Open Farm for all the other reasons, Neutron would definitely be high up on my list. Um, They definitely prioritize quality. Um, And also Akana probably be pretty high on my list as well from a kibble perspective. Um, But again, there's lots, there's lots of brands. I like Nutrim and Open Farm because they're Canadian. So it's nice to support Canadian brands. I don't know if Akana, they're probably American. Um, I don't know if they, actually, they might be at West. They might be a Western Canada brand. Anyways, I personally like to buy Canadian brands, so that's why I'm kind of familiar with those ones. Um, but yeah, a quick search online will tell you if um, if foods have had, you know, a lot of recalls or if their quality isn't as good as maybe people thought. You can do a pretty deep dive online and, and learn a lot. But let's move on to the next type of food. This one's definitely less common, um, but canned food. So canned food many of the same benefits and considerations is what we said for kibble, but this can be particularly nice for adding variety to your dog's diet. Or if you have a picky eater at home. So if you have a pup who is refusing to eat, adding a little bit of canned food, um, I'm going to say high quality canned food <laughs> to the, your dog's diet can just add up a little bit of a, a, a mix. Um, I went through about where um, my partner's dog uh, wasn't eating his kibble and we decided, Hey, like let's add in like a little bit of variety for him. So we bought a few high quality canned food and he started eating um, his every single meal twice a day, um, just because we mixed it up for him. So that's just a, a good example there. Or if you're trying to put weight on your dog, um, canned food is a really good, um, really good, uh, additive to add, um, to your dog's, uh, you know, meals, um, just because they can, they're a little more dense, um, of a, of a food. Um, but they also have more water, which can improve with digestion, uh, can improve digestion and hydration. Um, Obviously, it's it's a wet, um, 
I want to say liquid, but not all of them are liquid. Some of them are like jelly, um, but it is wetter than kibble. So it has way more water content than a kibble. Yeah. It's obviously a kibble. You've dried out all of the water in it. This is actually, I mean, not that we talk about cats very often, but um, oftentimes vets will recommend wet food for cats, particularly male cats, because keeping them super hydrated using wet food um, can prevent different urinary issues in cats. So we kind of like intermittently give our cat wet food. We call it his wet wet. <laughs> That's adorable. My Gerald needs his wet wet. <laughs> um, so we give him kind of intermittently so that um, he gets lots of hydration so we don't end up with any urinary issues. But let's move on to our last type of food of this half of the episodes. We're going to talk about dehydrated and freeze-dried food. So what are some of the benefits of these dehydrated freeze-dried options, Ken's? So firstly, they're pretty much ready to go. They're convenient and easy to use, uh, similar to kibble. Um, they're nice for camping and vacations um, because they're lightweight. All you have to do is add some water and boom, there you go. You've got, uh, you know... Um, rehydrated meal for your dog. Um, since I do feed my dogs raw, um, I, when I do travel, I do bring freeze-dried, um, I call them their pucks, um, freeze-dried pucks because they are just so easy. Again, yeah, you just bring, you know, uh, a couple a day for my small dogs and just add some water and it fills them up and is um, just as good as their, their raw. And traveling with raw is kind of gross depending on where you're going. Camping is not ideal with raw food. <laughs> so, um, but uh, also um, the addition of the water does give similar benefits to like the canned food because of the added hydration, um, and it just helps with digestion. Um, and it works well as a topper. Again, similar to the canned food, um, works great as a topper to add variety uh, to your dog's bowl or add some fun for, um, you know, if you want to do some enrichment stuff with like a Kong, maybe um, adding in some freeze-dried food is really fun. Um, downsides is it, it can't be expensive, yeah, I mean, really any high quality food is going to be relatively expensive. Um, I mean, it's all relative depending on what your budget looks like and how many dogs you have and the size of dog. But I know as soon as I start like splurging on like the different types of toppings for Marshall, I'm like, holy crap, this is so expensive. So um, that's definitely a consideration, but it is a really nice way to add some variety, maybe mix up proteins if your dog, if that's something you like to do with your pup. Um just give them like a really well-balanced diet. So we've covered off three types of food. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back to dive into some more controversial topics because you know we love those. We're going to talk a little bit about raw diets and vegan and vegetarian dogs. So stay tuned.
right. It is now time for our, one of my favorite segments, actually, Celebrity Pup of the Week. All right, so um, each of our celebrity pups of the week are entered in um, to win a photo shoot with our friends over at Victor Rose Pets at the end of the season, which is very, very exciting. Um, And Justine, tell us all about today's celebrity pup of the week. Okay, so we have a dog today. And is, is she a girl? Clementine? She, yes. She, her. There we go. I love when people put pronouns on their dog's profiles because I'm like, <laughs> are you a boy or a girl? Okay. Clementine is adorable. She is a Vishla Kens. Is that correct? She is a Vishla. Yeah. It looks like her registered name is English's Eternal Sunshine. And she has uh, quite a few letters at the end of her name. She looks like quite the little sports dog. I see she's got her novice sprinter title. She's got a few rally obedience titles. Um, And it looks like she's also into agility and sniffing and also snuggling. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. She's also just... She's just beautiful. She was up um, to potentially be in our community dog design, and I was honestly so sad she didn't quite make the cut. Honestly, it was so difficult with 10 dogs, Um, but she is a beautiful girl, and um, it looks like her parents keep her super busy, and she just has the happiest, most fulfilling and active life. So congratulations, Clementine. Maybe at the end of the season, you and your parents will win a free photo shoot with Victor Rose Photography. And there you have it. Celebrity Pup of the Week. Woof, woof, woof. Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today, we are unpacking the wonderful and complicated world of dog food. So... Let's kick things off talking about the ever-controversial debate around raw food. So most vets don't recommend raw diets. However, many dog owners swear by them and the health benefits. So let's unpack and discuss. Kens, as a raw feeder yourself, what are some of the benefits that we see with a raw diet? So when fed... when Wow. So when feeding your dog raw properly, so like a well-balanced raw food, it is the most natural form of dog diet out there. Um, They have a huge level of bioavailability, meaning the nutrients are accessible via digestion because the nutrients haven't been destroyed via processing or cooking. Um, So natural dog digests it, nutrients in, bad nutrients out. Easy peasy, no ifs, ands, or buts. Pretty natural. And there's so many amazing, well-balanced raw food diets out there. Um, I'll name off a few in a bit. But, uh, yeah, if your dog is fed the right food, let me just talk about poop for one second. Their poops, uh, number one, hardly smell. And number two, um, come out, like, so perfectly 
easily that there's like everything has been soaked up. All of the nutrients have been soaked up, um, which is, which is great. Um, Another thing is that there's less waste, so packaging and poop. Um, they do help um, a lot of raw food uh, with a proper amount of bone in it um, do help with uh, dental benefits. Um, and my dog's skin and coat health is, like, amazing. I do add salmon oil to their raw food, um, so and, and a topper as well. It's like a balanced topper, um, made by thrive, which is big country raw. Um, so I add, I add that as well, just to ensure that they're getting all of their fun stuff. But, um, yeah, their skin and coat, like I swear ever since switching them to raw, um, from a high quality kibble they're they've gotten even softer. So, and they've been eating raw, like it was only for like the first year of their life because I was unsure about puppyhood, um, whether I should feed raw or not. I wasn't entirely sure about raw. Um, and I knew that, you know, puppy kibble would have everything that they needed to, uh, to grow into the dogs they are today. Um, but yeah, I, I do swear by raw. I, my dogs are super healthy. Even my vet who is not pro raw says, whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. And I, my ego just explodes. So, (laughs) um, but some considerations, uh, to think about when feeding raw is, um, it's a little inconvenient. You do have to time things properly. So um, uh, the raw food um, that I get personally, it does come frozen. Um, most of them do um, because they're they're fresh. They're packaged fresh, and um, they uh, you have to time it accordingly. So um, you know every few days you have to pull out another package of, of raw to thaw in time for the next day. So that's something to consider. Um, um. Also freezer space. <laughs> oh, fair. <laughs> Depending on your size of dog, yeah, That's yeah, for one sure. Reason why I ended up not going the raw route because with Marshall being almost a hundred pound dog, I was like, I'm gonna have to keep so much food in my freezer, and I live in a condo, so even just like the space required with such a big dog, I was like, I can't, I can't do that. Plus, I'm gonna forget to thaw it all the time. That's just I know that about myself. Okay, yeah, tell it- me. A couple of other considerations. So um, a few others as if um, this one, I don't know. I, I, so, I'm okay, a- here. let me speak to this because you're very biased. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. So from, I did some pretty significant digging through academic literature when I was deciding if I wanted to be Marshall Raw or not. And one of the things I found was that most of the studies talk about there being a risk around bacteria and food handling and safety, not necessarily for the dog, but more actually for the human that is preparing the food. So if you're not following safe food handling practices and you're handling raw meat on a daily basis, you're obviously putting yourself at risk of, you know, having a bacterial issue such as like salmonella. But this is going to be very dependent on your handling care of the food if you're safe and you take preventative measures and you wash your hands those key things can be avoided but they are named as a big risk in a lot of studies the other do you want to comment on that i do just because um i'm a meat eater and there is meat um in my home often and it's the same for me feeding my dogs it is the same for me feeding myself so if i have raw chicken on my counter that i'm going to consume 
myself, then I'm going to still clean and disinfect and do everything that I would if I were to feed my dogs. So to me, it is like same, same, no different. Um, that's my personal opinion on it. But uh, again, you never know. I don't know. I guess there's like a slim chance just because I'm handling raw meat a little bit more than on it, like twice a day versus like maybe once a day with my regular human life. But um, anywho, it's, yeah, it's such a slim, it's such a slim, um, if you wash your hands, like I don't know. So one of the other pieces that's important to note is in terms of like academic literature and academic research, there unfortunately is very little to support the use and the efficacy of raw diets. That's not to say that they're not good for your dog. This is likely more a result of large food companies funding and monopolizing the dog food research space. Um, So it probably is more to do with research funding and these very large dog food corporations really kind of capitalizing on that space than it is about raw diets actually not being effective. They're just unfortunately because of this and because of how the research community operates, there isn't a lot of evidence, which is really crappy because, I mean, anecdotally, we know from so many dog owners that they see changes happen. So The last thing I will note is that it can be expensive, but again, like we've said before, all diets for dogs are expensive. If you are feeding healthy, it's going to be expensive. Again, with a 100-pound dog, I looked at the pricing for raw, and I was like, woof. I don't know. (laughs) So between like the freezer space and the cost, I landed on a kibble diet, but that's what worked best for me and my lifestyle. But I want to take some time to dive into vegan and vegetarian dogs. We're going 180 here. Um, we're going from feeding your dog just raw meat to feeding your dog no meat at all. And in this is where the spice comes in because I think this is super controversial. I think that uh, dogs, like, I, I, I don't know enough about it, but again, I'm on the raw food side of things. So just being, being a vegan yourself, I'm interested to, to hear about this. And a vegan myself that does not feed my dog a vegan diet. Exactly. Um, That is the decision that I have made to make sure that my dog is healthy because that's what I'm most comfortable with. So this is still super controversial. That said, there are lots of vegan and vegetarian dogs out there. Um, There is new emerging research happening at the University of Guelph exploring how dogs can get all of their nutrients. Um either naturally or synthetically, depending on the nutrients. I know I think of like taurine being one of the ones that is synthetically added to vegan and vegetarian foods. Um, So there is some research in progress with some like emerging findings, but the like the long-term studies that would really demonstrate if it's helpful for a dog across their lifespan, they just don't exist. And again, probably for similar reasons due to why we don't have funding for raw research um, because the big food companies are like, no, we don't want you to do that. Um, But for me, without that like long-term research, I'm not personally comfortable feeding a vegan and vegetarian diet. That said, there's tons of anecdotal evidence of vegan and vegetarian dogs living incredibly long, happy, healthy lives. So 
I actually, when I uh, first started Agility, so about six years ago with Willa, um, one of the dogs who was a big lab, 70 plus pound lab um, in my class was vegan. And she, the dog's treats were uh, freeze dried apple. That's what the dog was working for. And I said to her, I said, how is your dog so muscular? Like, that's incredible. And she said she she just feeds the dog what it needs, kind of like macro counting for humans. Uh, you know, she she does the she does the work. She feeds her dogs what what it needs. And um, it lives a very it was old. It was older, too. It was like 10 years old. And this dog was doing agility and living its best life. Um, but like for me, when I think of dogs, I think of I think of wolves. I think of carnivores. So for me to say like, hey, I'm going to take this dog and strip that away from from it and just make it eat what I'm telling it to eat like that is that is I don't know. I, I don't know enough about the the vegetarian vegan diet for for a dog to to take it that far. But yeah. um that's why we're talking about it today. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about some of the benefits. So obviously one of the benefits for somebody like me who is a vegan, it would be very nice to be able to align that part of my life with my values and purchase a vegan dog food. However, I'm a very evidence-based person. So in the absence of that, I am left to find a dog food that is both has meat in it for Marshall. So I know he's getting his nutrients, but also kind of ticks off all of my like sustainability and ethical check marks. And that's why I landed with Open Farm. Um, it's also very nice if you're a vegan to not have to purchase or handle meat products because I have no desire to do that. I don't want to touch raw meat. It grosses me out. I could, but I would really rather not. Um, and then obviously their nutritional needs can be met if done properly based on the research we have today. However, um, considerations, and these are big ones, definitely less available in the community. You're going to have very minimal brands to choose from. Um, And of course, you are taking a risk given the absence of the research. So, you know, in the absence of a long-term study that has looked at dogs who have been on these diets for their lifetime, um, you're really missing that evidence to... Um, be able to know for sure if this is the best way forward for your dog. Um, So kudos to the people that are taking that risk and are living out their values and their dogs are happy and healthy. It's just not something I can compute inside my brain. But there you have it. Yeah, there you have it. That was a boatload of information about the world of dog food and diets. We're going to take a super quick break and then we're going to come back and really briefly talk about some fun ways that you can kind of spice up your dog's meal, fun little toppers, maybe some supplements, and then we're going to wrap it up. So be right back. You've been listening to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast. Today, we've been discussing things 
all dog food and unpacking the confusing and complicated world of doggy diets. So let's talk about some fun ways to add variety to our dog's diets, shall we? Um, first things first, toppers and treats. What do we yeah, have? So a lot of the options we talked about today, I mean, you can get creative and um, add them as toppers. So whether that's freeze dry, dehydrated, wet, gently cooked, these all make excellent toppers. If you're a kibble feeder or if you're a raw feeder, plop that stuff on top. Um, nice way to kind of mix up proteins, add in some new stuff. Um, I will say when you're doing toppers and treats, make sure you read ingredients on these items. I mean, not all treats are created equally either. Some are single ingredient. Some have a couple of ingredients. Other ones have a bunch of ingredients I can't read. I, yeah, there are very few people that can read some of those ingredients, I think, out there. Um, but there's lots of home items that we can make for great toppers as well. So things like pumpkin puree, eggs, peanut butter that don't contain the um, the sweetener that starts with an X. Oh, xylitol. Yeah, just stick with all natural peanut butter. So just peanuts. Even if your dog, yeah, even if your dog is into fruits and veggies, throw that in as well. I tried a hundred times and my dogs are not for it. But if your dog is like Marshall, who is literally a garbage gut when it comes to kale stems, throw it in. (laughs) (laughs) All any vegetables with a crunch. This dude signed him up. He also, I put pumpkin puree on his food every day and he loves it. It is his absolute favorite. The other things you can add that again, add some nutritional value are supplements. So two of the most common ones would be any type of fish oil. Um, There's all different types depending on what you want. I mean, I've given Marshall salmon oil, I've given him herring oil, um, but this is really great for their skin and coat. And then um, glucosamine, so a joint supplement can be really nice as well. With Marshall being a bigger dog, I just started him on a preventative joint supplement. So he gets that topped on his meal every couple days. Yep, that's that's what we do as well with um, Will and Aladar being tiny little girls and being pretty active. Um, we give glucosamine every other day. Um, and then even if it's something fun like a chicken wing, so uh, dogs can eat raw chicken bones as a FYI. And um, a chicken wing is a great little topper as well for a little fun treat. So um, something like that just adds a little bit of extra teeth cleaning in there. Um, but there's so many products out there that are from reputable, uh, great uh, brand names. So go check them out. Well, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in today to the Dog Friendly KW podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening um, to a thing or two we had to say today. <laughs> and uh, hopefully next time you um, you know pick up your dog's food, you, you think twice like, hey, what, is, what actually is in this? So there you have it. Till next time. Fuck.